0: Join Victoria Meyer, president of Progressio Global and host of The Chemical Show, as she speaks with executives across the industry and learns how they are leading their companies to grow, transform, and push industry boundaries on all frontiers. Here's your host, Victoria Meyer.
1: Hi, this is Victoria Meyer. Welcome back to The Chemical Show. Today, I am speaking with John Foley, who is CEO of Verdant Specialty Solutions. John's going to explain who they are, and I'm not going to get into that piece because John is actually a repeat guest here on The Chemical Show. He was here on episode eight, right at the very beginning when he was standing up a new company and I was standing up a new podcast. Um, He was back on episode 49 and talking about the first year challenges and how they We're building out the back end and more. Both of those episodes are going to be linked to the show notes and also on the um, website. So just go take a listen and you're going to get the full story. You'll get version one, version two, and now we're in version three. So, John, welcome to the Chemical Show.
2: Yeah, thank you. Good morning, Victoria. Great to be back.
1: Good to have you here. So, let's just start for those that may not know you. Give us a brief introduction to you, John Foley, and also to Verdant Specialty Solutions.
2: Okay, well, thank you for that. I love talking about myself, so no, I grew up in the Midwest on a farm. I joined the chemical industry via Monsanto Agricultural Products decades ago and really found I'd made a great uh, career choice in the industry because it's a great industry, lots of opportunities. After Monsanto, I, I did do 26 years with Solvay and its predecessor companies before jumping into the private equity space. To 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 really meet my passion to run uh, build and run uh, middle market specialty chemical company uh, businesses so so that brought me um, after my first experience re- really looking at what to do next and that manifested itself in verdant and the investment thesis behind verdant so
1: so tell us a little bit about verdant and and what it is and where you're
2: going. The part about Verdant in the space is what we were looking to do was to create a company where I think there's a lot of opportunity and runway in the middle part of the chemical industry. Uh, We have great entrepreneurial founded and private companies uh, that grow quick, they're nimble, really customer focused. But most of the, the industry is dominated by the global industry giants. So what, what I wanted to do, what we wanted to do uh, with the private equity partners is create a brand and a culture. I guess the slogan we use operates to large company standards, but with that small company entrepreneurial spirit. In the first couple of years, it hasn't been easy, but really pleased with the progress. We're having fun and, and we're creating value.
1: Awesome, and you guys are primarily in the surfactants space, is that right? Yeah, is that how you that, would categorize well, right. yourself, John?
2: Yeah, I, I think surfactants and surfactant-based solutions. You know, we were formed in the first part um, of uh, twenty twenty-one via three acquisitions. So we acquired the Odyssey business from Solvay, so a corporate carve-out of their amphoteric surfactants business with manufacturing in North America and Europe. Um, And we quickly followed with a couple more entrepreneurial businesses, um, uh, DeForest Enterprises and Bayes Chemical. So over that first five months, five or six months, we acquired three businesses and and, and put them together with a variety of surfactant technologies. The amphoterics, and we we also, um, uh, we have an energy services business uh, via uh, Bayes with a lot of Water treatment chemistry, corrosion inhibitors, um, and also one asset I'm really excited about is our specialty oxide plant in Palestine, Texas. So that formed it. Um, principally, the markets home personal care, as with most surfactant companies, is 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 our key market uh, and a and a huge focus. Uh, energy services is second. Uh, We have an industrial business and we call it industrial because like in many companies, it's everything else that doesn't fit in our major markets. So I really think about that. That is more emergent markets. You know, we hope to grow more market based businesses out of that uh, group. And then we also do some level of toll manufacturing, not really strategic, uh, but it helps use some of the capacity um, uh, that we would otherwise not not put to use. So in a nutshell, that, that, that's where we're at today.
1: Cool. So give us an update, John, on Verdant two years in, right? So I know, um, you know, as we've talked previously, you know, year one was standing up the company, year two was yeah. fixing the company. I mean, tell me, how would you describe it? Where are you guys at at this point?
2: Yeah, it's uh uh you, you know, it's really been uh, coming up on two years since we finished that third acquisition. And and you you capture it correctly. It, inside the company, I talk about verdant one point version one point And I think we've we really are just wrapping up one point now. And that, there are a number of um uh levers you you know that we had to implement to 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 get through that. Uh, you know, buying and integrating the three businesses. Um, standing up a back office, right for uh, in 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 implementing an ERP system, uh, our independent ERP system, to be able to operate not for the faint of heart. That was huge. Um, we also underwent, you know, on our um, uh, large company standard, small company spirit. Uh, safety and compliance is is at the core of our industry and and and, and our values. So we self audited all of our sites. Uh, Right. I mean, we did due diligence when we bought them and then we self audited and really for a company of our size. It was a massive program uh, recruiting the people and 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 uncovering every issue, uh, safety, compliance, uh, uh, regulatory that we could and making sure we're operating to verdant standards. That was huge. Internally focused. But um, but as I uh, uh, consistently shared with the team and our private equity owners, creating real value for our stakeholders, because that that comes first. We, we also um, uh, re- refocused the commercial activities. And a lot of this was um, uh, making sure we're focusing our assets and our people where we can create value. And, you know, it, it isn't enough. I, I'm not a volume driven guy. or or professional. We don't have many of those here. Volume in and of itself doesn't solve any problem um, for for me. So we need to make sure everything we do creates value for a customer who's willing to pay for it, right? How do you identify that, John?
1: You know, I think that's an easy thing to say, um, but that's harder to do. But how do you identify what's really creating value for your customers?
2: Well, in in Verdant 1.0... you know, some of it is a, a is a reflection, you know, the competitive intelligence, but the rubber hits the road on if you have competitive assets, right? And, and a fairly competitive cost structure, will somebody pay you the price you need to make a minimum accepted return? And so we tested that. And and I've done this a number of times in, in my career. Um, and uh, I've always assumed at some point, you know, when we refocus the portfolio, make sure we have the, the right price points um, to be sustainable. Uh, that I would end up with an empty plant because people would say, "No, uh, something's wrong with you. You don't have the right cost structure. You don't have the right product. We're not going to pay for it. So all your volume's gone." But it's never the case, right? And and so that reflection, and then the the building the team with the um, to get the data together. Uh, the right prices and to implement um what was one of the key early successes so now the next phase inverted 2.0 you know we, we, it's going to be a little bit different game um but you know when you buy uh I, I think my, my opinion when you buy businesses it's usually because something needs to be improved I mean sometimes it's a great business that just doesn't fit but often there there's something that was missing with the previous owners to realize its potential so so we 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 did those four things bottom, Back office, self audit, safety and compliance. We refocused, and the the best part because it has to be a virtuous circle is we're over delivering versus our investment plan. You know the investment case we bought them on, and and really having a great year um, uh, in twenty twenty three. And and I attribute that to the, the the work that the teams got done, and and also we just have. Um, I think we're in the right segments and with the right customers and good support from our our suppliers and stakeholders so so we've got a long ways to go right but um but but the team is justifiably proud of of what we've accomplished and looking forward to the next phase
1: yeah so that's a great segue john so you know i think what we're seeing across the industry is um Chemical markets are, I'm going to say flat, right? I think you could say declining, it's upsell, whatever, but let's just maybe say flat, but but also experiencing in many markets a prolonged period of destocking, right? Because inventories had gotten out of whack, um, if you want (laughs) to, if I can say that, uh, over the past year or two, um, a flattening supply-demand curve, we've of course got... um, Economic pressures from what's going on in Europe, um, with the European situation around gas supplies, etc., and the Russia-Ukraine war. We've got pressures from China, um, and you know what started out as their approach to COVID and what's turned into an economy that's not growing um, and and resolving the way it's it was supposed to. Um, what are you hearing? From your customers and seeing in your business, um, as it relates to that?
2: Yeah, and I, and I'm humble in this area, right? and and so I'll, I'll share you know, what I'm seeing and feeling as opposed to what I know because uh, I'm <laughs> humble about what I know. I, I think you know two things. one, we're, we're disappointed with our volume performance this year as well. Um, we plan to grow volume approaching a double digit number. And we're just slightly positive, right? So in our markets, um, you know, we're not getting where it wants to. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Um, But every business is different facing different pieces. The the other part on on the market, um, and we're we're always trying to learn more and and listen to your show and and your comments on Q three I or, or, or Q two results. I, I keenly listen to all that to to see what we can learn. And and there's a couple things I, I take around. One, I, I believe there's some level of destocking. People are nervous about the future, so you want to reduce working capital. You want to reduce inventory. And in some cases, there's probably been some demand destruction, which helps too. Right. But um, but I read and I would attribute it if I could remember uh, exactly who wrote it or who said it. But your customers are probably the worst um, place to go to understand what's happening with demand. Just, you know, sometimes customers can be very polite about, uh, yeah, our demands way they're not buying from you and our demands way off. Doesn't always work. Right. That's right. They can be buying from
1: somebody else. They're doing something different.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When I see some of these, um, uh, you know, quarter to quarter declines, um, it cannot all be demand destruction or even inventory is my opinion. So, so I think as an industry, we'll sort it out, you know, performance will start to vary, you know, markets will settle down. And, and, uh, and, and what, what I am confident on is, is, um, you know, we can compete, we can, We can get our fair share of the volume in any market and, and over time, we'll see what happened with uh, market size and, and, and where it goes. So I wish I could be more insightful. Um, and, and, but do do you
1: anticipate, I mean, I think one of the things that people are anticipating and, and again, mixed comments, depending on who you talk to and who you listen to, um, you know, some people are saying they're seeing some brightness in the rest of 23 and others are saying we're not going to see it till 24. And then the plastics guys, which is a whole different market, they're not yeah. expecting anything great until 2025. And of course, they're also the victims of their own um, investment profiles. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, you know, I mean, that's part of it as well. Well yeah and, and on you know j- just for for verdant and where where my blinders are is is in the markets we participate in and I think I I feel blessed that you know we're part of the home personal care world I think all indications to me is people still bathe and take care of themselves every day right so they're consuming soaps and detergents and in and personal care products and I think it's just key um uh there that we align with the right part of the value chain you know the 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 winning brands and as consumers maybe buy different um different products as they maybe trade down or or do things and then and then also in the u.s energy business and you know, our energy services business um is is w- well positioned uh in production chemistry um, and and the energy price is holding up well we've got a great team there we want to bring in some new products and 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 the the third leg though is there are companies that are growing you know very very nicely and 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 that's about you know kind of verdant 2.0 and and we're really starting to get started um in, in a big way to really pivot from what's still been a pretty heavy internal Focus right looking at our portfolio, how we position building the company to strongly pivoting um, to externally to really uh, lean into a couple of big themes that we see, that that we all see in the industry. So let's talk
1: about that. So you keep, you've referenced, you know, Verdant 1.0, which we've kind of maybe put behind us or, you know, you're, it's coming to a transition point. What is Verdant 2.0? What's, what's on the horizon? What are you guys setting your sights on?
2: Yeah, no, I, uh, um, and that is the language I use inside the company, you, you know, kind of 1.0. Okay, we did it. You know, we, we succeeded. It, it, it's done. Now we need to do 2.0. And originally, you know, when I used the 1.0, 2.0, you know, we roughly doubled the value of the company or operating results in, in the first period. Um, and I want to double it again, but it isn't even about the absolute numbers. I mean, there's a lot of growth, I think, that we can capture. So what do we have now? We have um, a a good, we we have a back office, we have a a strong leadership team. We're building out uh, their teams, you know, to really get get equipped to grow. We've got the basic tools, you know, inside we've got well-placed surfactant uh, specialty batch plants in North America and Europe that have capacity and they're in good shape to, to, to run. So the, the, the two things then that, um, really and and that uh, i'm personally uh pivoting on is um uh l- looking at what's moving market share right what what's happening and clearly you know the whatever you call it green sustainability esg improvements you know carbon uh footprint the whole thing there is just a lot of interest in products that solve those problems for companies you know we see You know, at customers um, now, where are the solutions, and I've I've got opinions on where they're going to come from, and 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 how you win. Yeah, because that's what I
1: was going to. That was going to be my next question, John. So yeah,
2: I'm going to get to that. But but, yeah, yeah, but but what is happening is um, uh, socially, government, you know, consumers, everybody would uh, prefer to have a product that's more sustainable by whatever criteria uh, someone's using. But the transition I think is slower than many people would like to see. Um, so that interest is there. You know, we see at some of our larger customers in particular, um, personal objectives being written. I bet it's a bonus. Right. And you have your two or three objectives. Well, in many cases, those objectives are being written to find solutions to improve the sustainability profile of these companies. Right. Does that, so, does
1: that look like green chemistry, green and renewable products, John, or is it, um, is it more Broadly defined in terms of, you know, if you think about life cycle analysis, energy reduction, carbon reduction, you know, there's so many factors that we can be measuring sustainability on. How are you looking at this and how are your customers looking at this?
2: Well, uh, you know, I I guess what I would say is, I think yes to all the above. I I don't think there is a unified way of looking at it. And all the companies are positioned at a different place. So I think what we'll try and understand is, um, uh, in our target markets, what do people need to balance the equation, which moves market share? And the equation that moves market share is uh, deliver an incrementally sustainable benefit. And and we have some things in in our, uh, um, uh, you know, toolbox and and what we want to acquire, but you've got to deliver that incrementally sustainable feature or or claim, right? Um, While uh, not sacrificing functional performance or increasing cost and use. You got to do all three. And until you can do all three, it isn't going to, you're not going to move market share, right? And there are companies sometimes with older products and technology uh, that are finding the ways to um, to do that. Um, within our portfolio, you know, I think what we bought, um, the amphoteric surfactant line is, is reasonably well positioned um, as far as on a relative basis, uh, more sustainable, renewable, um, uh, gentle, and also uh, can serve as a co in in many formulations, enabling some other change, right? Um, so we want to leverage that. Um, and, um, uh, and then the others, I think what we have to do, I, I think there's a great story around our Palestine asset uh, to help the industry uh, up and down the value chain.
1: Yeah, how so. so tell us, so what's, uh, So I know we, we've talked about that Palestine asset in the past, yeah. you and I personally. Um, what's the plans? How does Palestine fit into Verdant 2.0?
2: Yeah, and I, I know I'm jumping around a bit. I'm just so excited. And and we're forming our our <laughs> our, our plans, but 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 yeah, let's let's talk about Palestine. And you know what what we acquired up there is a specially scale, um, just to remind specially scale batch oxide plant, uh, which was newly constructed over the last you know five to seven years. So it was permitted, built, and started up. Um what what so I was very happy to um acquire it is it probably the key strategic driver to um, for us on on the Bayes acquisition, uh, although we got a great energy services business as well. what what we found up there was um, a, a more of a startup plant, you know it was relatively new. It, it was in a geographic area that is um, you know it's two and a half three hours north of um, Houston. so you can't access the same workforce, the skilled workforce. To, to, staff and build that plant. So what, what became, what, we did the, the, the first two years was really, um, you know, ethylene oxide is, is uh, serious chemistry and we treat it with great respect. So that was one of the plants we targeted for the full safety and compliance uh, review and upgrades. We spent a lot of capital up there to make sure uh, the core processes are where we want them to be. Uh, the other uh, key part is workforce and workforce development. Investing in the team of, um, you know, skilled operators to b- build that capability uh, and then the professionals to really start up the plant. So I, I, I uh, you know, we've made progress on that and reshaping the portfolio. And what's next is um, uh, we're, we're about to get um, more aggressive in putting in the resources, uh, including this week. Uh, we named a uh, new plant manager at that site. Who is one of my most um, trusted um, plant managers? Great, uh, experienced in specialty batch chemical manufacturing. A great team leader and builder, and and that is a foundational position which enables um, us to be a great member of the community and develop the workforce and the the footprint. The other piece that we're doing is uh, we're going to put in more uh, business development resources because what 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 I want to do there is what we want to do is, um, you know there's thirty odd plants outside the u s. Gulf Coast, and I think a number of them um, uh, and their customers uh, need to find the right uh, mechanism and partner. Uh, to move more production to uh, the U.S. Gulf Coast, so I can anticipate that we try and acquire. Um, if if there's parties that don't want their plant in the Upper Midwest or West Coast or somewhere else, maybe maybe maybe, the, maybe it's time that they uh, uh, restructure, that they, they choose to restructure the, these great companies with great product lines, and we help them uh, get that production in the U.S. Gulf Coast with the um, ESG. Benefit of reducing EO molecular tourism and the, all the costs associated with that, uh, and really uh, improve the long-term supply reliability of those great product lines. So, so I think we'll do that, and then we'll just uh, straight on compete. You, you know, in in more niche specialty areas um, where uh, they're high value, uh, they're important components, uh, but maybe they're not currently connected. To a manufacturing footprint that in and of itself is sustainable. And I'm not denigrating any of these companies or the plants, but it's natural, right? Uh, there's been a big yeah, migration both Yeah. So so we we're gonna help. Uh and we're gonna help ourselves uh, as we do that. Yeah. And and so, the the most frustrating thing has been ramping up that capacity, the the team and the piece to 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 get it. So yeah. yeah.
1: So it's that interesting because because yeah, yeah, totally. And what's interesting about that to me, John, is you know one of the things I think about is um, so Palestine is, as you say, a couple hours from Houston. Um, so U.S. Gulf Coast ish, um, and and when you know I I come from a background that when you're citing a location, citing a new facility, it's location, location, location. It's access to feedstocks. It's access to customers. It's access to logistics. Um, I know you guys bought into the Palestine plant, so this was not an investment that you made, but why that location? What does, what's unique about that location or what was the opportunity in that location and how are you guys leveraging that?
2: Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, we, 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 we bought it, right. So it existed, but I, I think the, you know, the attraction is it, you know, and I'm originally from Nebraska, right? You're from Illinois, so Palestine, Texas. You know, I can classify it as U.S. Gulf Coast, but it's a few hours north of Houston, right? So, but but it has um, uh, it, it's a great community. It, you know, good good values, good workforce. You know, to build in and operate in, we believe in in that, and that's important to be a good neighbor and be supported. I think they value us there, and we want to earn that over time. Um, I think logistically. You know, for specialty batch manufacturing, you know, the freight rate to get up to uh, Palestine from the major EO production points, you know, might be um, call it under five cents a pound. You know, some of the freight rates to get to outline plants, we understand, is up to 30 cents a pound. So it's not on a pipe, but it's specially batch manufacturing. uh, and, And certainly we have a good competitive advantage with ease of access. Um, in logistics, um, the 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 third thing is um, it, it's in a remote location. I mean, it is literally in. Uh, you know, we just bought some land across the road that is a cattle pasture, right? So there's a good buffer, and and th- those things are never permanent, right? Uh, things always develop and where things go, but it's a remote location, and and I think um, so. A, a community, uh, a location that's not terrible logistically. Uh, and and we can build a workforce up there and win. Now, if I could do it, I'd have it next to you know a few miles from an EO plant with without any city around and all those things. But um, but 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 we can certainly work with that asset on a scale of the 30, 30 odd batch plants in in North America. I'm very happy we have this one uh, with where it's located.
1: Well, and and absolutely. And I think given that EO chemistry is under such tremendous pressure. Um, really, over the last decade, especially, um, having a facility that's out of a major metro- outside of a major metropolitan area, is critical um, because it, it's it's just important in terms from a overall safety ESG perspective um, and being good neighbors
2: yeah but then the challenge you know for us and because that our private equity partners are very supportive and they would ask me over the last couple of years john we're not slowing you down in Palestine, are we you know what what can we do do you need capital when, when are we going to see these things but but the first things making sure we have safety and compliance the operating culture and then the second team it, you know with that we do those things right uh and, and then we can we can start to uh r- really accelerate so so that's that's what we're working on next
1: that's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about talent. So I know um, Verdant has had a bit of turnover, particularly at the leadership level. It seems like, yes. uh, you know, I know you've just referenced your new plant manager, which is a critical role. Um, I know you've had some senior commercial leadership. Um, and I feel like sometimes this is typical for PE-backed firms, right? Where you're, um, uh, the timelines are short to, to deliver performance. But, you know, what's your take on this, John? Because you've obviously been working to really put together the right team.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: when you think about leadership and, and just the leadership turnover, how's that affecting your team um, and, and how are you approaching that?
2: Uh, no, that, that, that's a good question. And I think really a key the key, maybe the key success factor, you know, for us is, is team. And, and more specifically, teamwork. Um, and, you know, in, in my career, I've rarely been part of what I, meets my definition of a real team that supports each other, that knows, the, has the feel for the whole business, and we're committed to each other and the business to make it happen. And so it, 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 it's critical. And, and it, it has been, I think, as I look at talent here um, there's a few things I can share. I w- wasn't really ready for this this question, but it's a great one, I guess. <laughs> the, but the first thing I would have done early on, maybe a couple of lessons that I took, is is one we were formed via corporate carve out, and there was nobody outside of the plants and and a few key commercial people, um, and, and some technical. So the the back office and a lot of the the, the functions we had quantity to address and and then competency. So the whole thing. And and we buy a business and then you got to start running it. So a lot of pressure, but really not easy to 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 form overnight via three acquisitions, put it together and improve it. Right. So and and I think um uh that even where we hired enormously talented hardworking people, right? Because some of the people who came in and contributed I deeply impressed with with what they did and 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 what they accomplished. And even today, I mean there, there's there's nobody who came in who didn't leave it all on the field. Um, but but then it comes down to you know, is it a good fit for this environment, for this strategy, right? And and can they help build and and develop team? And and probably the other part of joining at least our particular version of private equity and and startup is you have to be able to both do and build at the same time, Mm. you know, and, and, and those are often two different skills. They are. and, And both from a preference too, not just skills, but for people don't want to do it, right. Because you've reached a level where you're, you're pulling levers at a big company and you've got all these processes, all this data and great teams, great people. And then you come in here and it's it's more, especially initially, it's hand to hand combat, not with each other, but, you, you know, just trying to get yeah, that, just trying to uh, put the business not together. With each other, yeah. Right. And, and yeah. then so. So if you come into that and you, um, uh, you, you, you know, a couple of things that can happen is one, you just do. Right. All you do is you you get work done every day um, and you don't spend enough time on team. You're going to fail. Right. We'll fail. Because you got to build process and team, or, or or you're doomed, right? Because you can't get leverage. And and then the other side, if you take too big of a, a step back and say, well, I'm going to build all the team and you know wait for all the good data, good processes, and then we'll be able to to fix our commercial strategy. Well, that's not going to work either, right? So it, it's really and, and what I found is, you know, that's important. Everybody we've hired, I would say, I've been deeply impressed how smart they are, how hard they worked. That balancing that's been a trick. Also for me, I mean, you, you know, why are we on Virgin 2.0 today, right? Because, you know, going through that process of stepping up the company, I had to be a utility infielder, right? Sometimes I was a salesperson. Sometimes I was uh, uh, working with product management. Sometimes I was working on liquidity and cash flow or ERP. And and now we've reached a maturity where the business has developed we've got we, we and we are not perfect we have many many things to do right uh including me um they don't even have a perfect CEO I tell them all the time right but 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 we're on a path where we've got a lot of good people and some momentum but but I think that you know to be j- just open which I always am I, I mean that that's what I see and some of the people who came in and and aren't here I, I still talk to them I mean you know I I consider them part of my work family and it doesn't mean they won't come back right at at some point when we have yeah i think that's a i think it's a good reflection john
1: as well if you think about um as you've as the company has developed it needs different skills uh it needs different perhaps personalities and temperaments from a a work perspective Mm -hmm. um and so it, it you know there is this uh this development cycle, right, that requires yeah. not just different processes, but different people at different times. Um, I've, you know, I've worked with some companies. In fact, I, I helped a, a startup um, that was moving from development. Um, they were, yeah. build, you know, setting up the company, building the assets and into commercialization and recognize that is a huge inflection point right? So these yeah. are dramatic inflection points at different companies. Um, and I've worked with several companies along the way here that are moving t- from one phase to the next. And as you yeah. move from one phase to the next, you sometimes need different resources. The, yeah. the skills that you needed at the beginning are different than the skills that you need at the next phase. The culture of the business has, has to evolve. And that's really challenging yeah, because changed. culture is tough. Um it's, yeah. it's slow moving, but you have to make that move as you move into different phases and different steps of the company.
2: Yeah, I'm well said. And Victoria, why why it's always dangerous to have a discussion with you is I forget you're recording everything, right? And I just share very openly.
1: <laughs> well, but, I can but, always tune this up, John.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. But 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 one of the uh, one of the key um challenges then, because fully aligned with what you just shared, and I, I think really critical. And then do it in a small company, right? Where like when I it, when it was at some of the larger companies, you know, if we needed a plan manager, you, you know, we, we had, a, 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 you know, programs to develop these people over 10 or 15 years. You need a plan manager. You call up your friends in HR. Hey, I need a, a plant manager. They'll send three highly qualified people. You pick one and you go. Here, and why I like telling our story um, is because I need people to know the story in the industry. I need them to know how we work because the, the most power really my preferred way is, is recruiting people we know or, or private connections. I mean, we've used a lot of recruiters. It's 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 really difficult to build a company and a culture that way. People need to understand what we're doing. It's not for everybody, and 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 where they fit. And, and that's the most powerful recruiting tool for human capital, for, for partners, people to join our work family. And also, for business owners, right, who 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 have a business, and then what do they do with it, you know, too, and and telling our story really enables them to understand well what we do, and and we're not perfect, but you know, we bought these businesses, you know, private equity. A lot of people were worried when private equity buys it. We have more employees than than we started with, right? So it's not slash and burn. We're builders. We're we're here to put together this small company spirit, large company standards. And, and I think there's a lot we can do. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Awesome. So you are, you know, we've talked about this a couple of times. You're, you're private equity backed, private equity owned. Yeah. Yes. Um, what's the view from the owners, right? So they, you know, PE comes in with a, uh, maybe a hope and a dream and a plan and objectives. Um, Verdon is two years in what's the view from the owners?
2: Oh well, um yeah, I'm uh l- let me go on uh I, I don't I, I don't want to speak for them. Um yeah. but uh, obviously I've gotten to know them pretty well. But let me give you a self-evaluation. I, I think what they're they're very supportive um uh people and and teams. So I've really enjoyed that. I, I think they're happy. Now, part of that is self-evaluation, right? Because uh, you know they they really count on their portfolio uh, CEOs to to build a team and, and deliver results they're, they're 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 there to support. So you might better ask them sometime uh, how happy oh, well. they are. But but um, no, I, I I think they're they're pleased. It, it, it was really a difficult um, uh, carve out and startup. Right. And, and, uh, you know, for a number of reasons, but, but we work through those issues. I think the team really engaged. And then I tell you, our, our, we have a monthly board call. It's, it's about an hour, um, an hour by schedule. But early in our 24 month history, they might have been three or four hours. They were much more difficult. Right. And, and now as, as, as things start to click, they become shorter and funner. So um, so I think that that's satisfying to see. We we actually have a, a meeting later today uh, with them. And then and then I think they're excited for what we can do. They are excited for what we can do. And I I feel very well supported to to do the next part, right? because um, uh, we're gonna need people who who continue to believe in it. And okay, like, hey, we did Verdin 1.0, we created value, but um, but really uh, creating that next step. Um, So Verdant
1: 2.0, I know at times in the past, we've talked about um, the potential to bring in another business as as appropriate um, at the appropriate time. And I know that you can't share any secrets or confidential things, but um, when you think about uh, Verdant 2.0 from both a your perspective, but also from your owner's perspective, is there, you know, is there still a timeline to sale? Is there a timeline to additional growth? Is there anything you can share around that?
2: Um, yeah, I, I think uh, generally, I mean, you know, I don't think about when the company will be sold and it's not a big part of, you know, we're not trying to drive anything. I think as we succeed and we get noticed you know, th- there's people who want to uh, see how to create value together, and and you know, and 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 as we look for those levers, so there can be discussions, and the future is hard to predict. But but as far as what what I'm working on every day is, um, and and increasingly, is looking at what do we have in the portfolio, how do we leverage it, and um, how do we build team. You know, we're still recruiting skilled professionals to come in to help us um, accelerate growth in particular. Um, and I do think external acqu- ac- acquisitions of technology, product lines, businesses, very much on the table. and and what what I'd look for uh, primarily it are 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 pieces that strengthen our technology basket, uh, particularly, uh, uh, acquisitions or alliances that enable us to balance that equation I talked about, uh, increase sustainability without compromise of functionality and, and cost and use, um, and then also for that geographic play at Palestine. Um, I have no idea what we'll find, right? Um, we we, we th- Those are the two most attractive targets for me. Uh, that 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 if it happens, but but I, I think that the part for me, uh, M and A is tough, right? I mean, it's tough to find the right deals and do the right deals and then make them work. So, uh, but but yeah, we're looking. I I believe we'll have strong support. Um, you know, should we find the right uh, the the right opportunities? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think um, I had the opportunity to um, to talk with uh, Kevin Ittry from. Grace Matthews of uh a month or two ago about just kind of about the chemicals MA and stuff. And yeah, and I think one of the pieces that that stood out, um, one is, you know, A, you don't know where the market's going. It's always more surprising than you think it's gonna be. But two, it's that whole aspect of being ready and having uh, having your ducks in a row, so to speak, to be able to tell your story, identify the opportunities and um and yeah. bring that value in. At the appropriate yeah,
2: year. yeah, and I think you know, for me, a couple parts of that is one, we we had to create the team capacity, the organizational capacity to do more, because uh, frankly, I mean, we've always had support to do more and um, in, in interest, but you, you know, inside the company, we didn't have the capacity, so we had to say no, no more, we we cannot do any more until we get this, so so that's that's coming to um, to an end. And then the second thing, knowing what you want that adds value to what you have, right? Cause it's not about just buying something. How's it fit? And, and then your ability to, uh, to, to create something unique with it. I, I uh, the first thing I always look is, well, how would we improve that business? Uh, you, you know, if that's we, the right if, answer, if there isn't, yeah. yeah. If we can't do it, then it's not going to work. And the other side, I've seen some businesses where clearly if they're put together, we create a lot of value. And those are fun, because I don't even care who buys who it, really, in the end, then put them together. So yeah. so you just capture that value and 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 have a go. that that really get it, it gets my creative and business juices going.
1: I think that's right. I, I think about these uh, deals a bit like a Venn diagram, right? you're You're looking for the overlap, but you're also looking for the white space to be filled. Um, yeah. And when there's enough white space that you can move into, you know there's value,
2: yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so no, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. We still have a lot of work to do.
1: Good. Awesome. Well, great, John. So, so, you know, I think we've talked a little bit about what's next, but what's, what's next, what should we be looking for with you and Verdant over the next six to 12 months?
2: Yeah, good question. And we're, we're, we're shaping it up um, now, but, but I think you'll see us uh, strengthen our organization um, you know, we will bring in some more people that we all know. You, you know, because the chemical industry is a small family uh, for for sure. But we're going to bring in uh, more talent to help us accelerate um, uh, and, and enable the external growth opportunities that 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 I see that we see so clearly. We're going to build more solution uh, based capacity in our technical teams. You know, to Uh, uh, take the the technologies we acquire through acquisition, alliance, or, or, or just organic growth to, to create those solutions. And, and I hope what, what we see, I I expect probably more than hope. I I expect, you know, we will emerge as a company that will be one of the winners in this sustainability transition. And I, I see levers that can enable us to, 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 to start to win, um, and, and win by solving people's problems, right for, for those for, for those products, short term and get us position for for some of the breakthrough chemistries that might develop um, in the future. So so I think Verdant has a, a long runway as long as we, um, you know s- stick to what we're doing, that small company culture those large company standards and we move fast right um uh to 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 get moving and a lot of opportunity so i'm really excited it's a great time to be in the chemical industry absolutely john thanks for joining us
1: today this has been fun thank you ma'am yeah and See, i know been... uh, i know that you're going to be in attendance at the chemical summit coming up in october yeah. so for people that have questions about what you're up to and and how you're tackling stuff with verdant they'll be able to meet you in real life up at up close and personal and have some conversations.
2: Yeah, no, thank you for organizing that. I know it's your inaugural summit, but um, that fully aligned with, uh, you know, what I've read and how you're positioning it. I think that there there is a need for us to get together, right? I mean, there's still, you know, work from home and the conferences are, are coming back, but it, it's really, um, it's a great industry. We have great people. I just love being, um, even even as an introvert, because i am slightly introverted i like going to those events and 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 really consider it uh, critical so so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. See i you think that. it's
1: going to be awesome well thanks john thanks for joining us today on the chemical show and thanks everyone else for joining and listening keep listening keep following keep sharing and we'll talk again soon
0: thank you victoria bye bye we've come to the end of today's podcast we hope you enjoyed your time with us and want to learn more simply visit thechemicalshow.com for additional information and helpful resources. Join us again next time here on The Chemical Show with Victoria Meyer.